fragment, uh, scab, fragment foot. Bullet fragment foot, bitch. Bullet fragment, bullet fragment, bitch. She a bullet fragment, bullet fragment, bitch. Now listen here, ho. Get up on your good foot. Bitch, I said get up on your good foot, not your bad foot. Fuck was that? A diss or a piss? Said it was his, I said piss. They, my fans called it piss. Yo nigga, bitch, said all that shit about you, ho. Yo ex nigga that just was around you all that. Y'all mad because y'all don't have somebody that loves you and stand ten toes down behind you. So you bringing up 30-year-old teeth for when this child, when this man was a 15-year-old person, child. You bringing up 30-year-old teeth because no man has ever and will ever fucking love you. And lying on your dead mother, on your dead mama, on your dead, you know, like fragment, uh, on a dead mama, not on a dead mama, lied on a dead mama, not on your, I said, lying on a, a sexy red, she done lied, she lied and she cried and she lied and she cried, she said she lied and she cried and she lied and she cried, and then she lied and she cried and she lied and she cried, cause she got blogs all up up her stupid doofy sub ass, every press, I said no well, I don't give up, but for the rip up joke too. And then she tried to rap double time. Lied on your dead mama. Lied on your dead mama. Lied on your dead mama. Lied on. fuck is the deal this your boy this your motherfucking boy king known uncensored and we got a brand new one for you nikki verse meg oh boy things is getting hot in the hip-hop streets but before we get to them we'll save the we'll save the best for last we got some stray news for y'all so The Los Angeles Lakers are no longer interested in trading for Chicago Bulls guard Zach Levine. I completely understand. I don't even know why they were going after him in the first place because, again, now Levine could have been a good third option to Braun and AD. I understood, but it didn't really make sense for the Lakers because offense is not what the Lakers need. It's defense. 
So I think a guy like DeJounte Murray was a better fit. And I definitely think that that was the right decision for the Los Angeles Lakers to make. All right. Let's talk about Doc Rivers. Oh, boy. Doc Rivers got paid. Get paid, old nigga, get paid. Get paid, old nigga, get paid. So Doc Rivers is signing a contract through the 2026-2027 season worth in the range of $40 million to be the Bucks head coach. Milwaukee is paying out former coaches Mike Budenholzer and Adrian Griffin and now Doc Rivers for the next three and a half years. Well, goddamn. You all going to be stuck with Doc for the next four years? I'll tell you this right now. Doc does not make it through that contract. And then they're going to be paying four coaches in a minute. I just think that Doc Rivers is bad luck, bro. You have to really sit and think about this. Ever since the 2008 uh, championship that he won, you know, it's never ended well for his later teams. Like, it didn't end well for the Celtics as the Heat started winning championships. It didn't end well when he went to the Clippers and couldn't get it done with Chris Paul and them. It didn't end well with the Philadelphia 76ers with, with Harden and Embiid. But to play devil's advocate, though, for Doc, Chris Paul could never get it done. When it was always time for him to show up, he either got hurt or disappeared. And then James Harden, same thing. James Harden disappeared in that game seven. And then the year before that, they ended up losing. And then, of course, the infamous trade when when Ray well, when Ray Allen left the Celtics, that put a big damage on the Celtics team, and then it forced them to get rid of uh, KG and Paul Pierce. But yeah, man, that's crazy that the Bucks gave that nigga all that money. But anyway. The Wizards, the Washington Wizards are promoting top assistant Brian Keefe to interim head coach for the rest of the season, sources tell ESPN. He will replace Wes Unsell Jr., who got promoted to a front office role. Wizards will do a full offseason search for a new head coach. Fuck it, why not? I don't know what Wes Unsell Jr., did to get promoted but I mean maybe it's on the strength of his pops because of course his dad Wes Unsell 
won a championship for the Washington Wizards back in the day, in the uh, 70s. But basically, Wes Unsell technically fired his damn self, if you ask me. Um, I guess the Wizards stink anyway, so maybe change is needed. But that's crazy, though. So if you had, if Wes Unsell Jr. had beef with somebody on the team or didn't like a certain player, he could be petty and trade that motherfucker tonight. I think that's kind of funny. What do you think? All right, man. Wow. Saturday, January 26th was the four-year anniversary of the passing of Kobe Bryant and Gianna Bryant. And four years later, it doesn't get easier to stomach the fact that Kobe Bryant is no longer with us. And of course, his daughter as well. Many people today still try to tear down the legacy of Kobe Bryant. They'll make up false narratives. They'll split. They'll spit flat out lies in order to make the player that they like look better than Kobe. But they were disrespecting him when he was on earth as well. And as I say all the time, God don't like ugly. I believe that Kobe Bryant is one of the two best players in NBA history. And his legacy speaks for himself. You know, he competed in the toughest Western Conference of the uh, 2000s. He's 5-2 and two in the finals. And of course, the 81-point game. You know what I'm saying? That anniversary was yesterday. Uh, I mean, that, that anniversary of the 81-point game was actually a couple of days ago. start to think as a fan of Kobe like what could have been if he would have actually got the position to coach WNBA basketball and drafted his daughter that would have been something to see I was looking forward to that but unfortunately you know God had different plans And speaking of high-scoring games, moving on, Luka became a part of the 70-point club. I just love how my point keeps being proven correctly. I get proven right all the fucking time. 
Like, Luka Doncic scored 73 points, had 10 rebounds, and 7 assists. That's a crazy stat line. Now, yes, I give props to Luka. I do. But who on on Atlanta could check Luka? Because their best defender in DeAndre Hunter didn't even play. And then Devin Booker scored 63 points last night as well in a loss. Yo, what's up with Devin Booker scoring all these points in a loss? That's crazy, dog. That this nigga scores 63 points and his team still lost. And this dude has a habit of doing this. I don't know what's up with that. But Carl Anthony Towns scored 62 and lost as well. So that doesn't necessarily come as a shocker, but still. That's kind of weird if you ask me. Let me clarify my defensive comments because I posted a one minute excerpt of my show on TikTok, right? And a lot of niggas got in their feelings. When I said that today's offensive players don't have any defensive skills or defensive specialists to challenge these high scorers. And a lot of people got upset about it. Let me clarify something. I didn't get on the show or on TikTok and say, oh man, say something like Gary Payton would lock Luka Doncic up. I never said that. I I didn't say that, that these players wouldn't get a bucket on the defenders of the 90s and the 2000s. I... What I meant to say was If the skilled defenders Of the 90s and the 2000s Were in today's league 70 point performances Would not happen 60 point performances Maybe If that But not 70 and 80. Now look, then you know what their counter is going to be. Then why did Kobe Bryant score 81 points then? How many 80-point performances were in, were ever recorded? Don't worry, I'll wait. David Robinson had 70 in a game, but that was rare. You know, back when I was coming up, 
if a nigga scored 25, 26, 27, it was good. Because, man, there were skilled defenders in that era that I was in. But, yeah, this is the thing, though. This is the difference between today's defense and the defense of the prior eras, right? The difference is there's no effort defensively. And most of defense requires effort. I know I said this before, but I'll say it again. You got to want to stop somebody. You got to want not you you gotta want nobody to want to score on you basically it's a choice to play defense let's just say that it's a choice and a majority of these players don't do that if I were to have a percentage about who plays defense in this league I would say 20% because I understand that this current group of players are more offensively talented. I'm not denying that today's players are more advanced offensively. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying there isn't equally gifted defenders to guard them. And then the defenders that we do have, they barely put forth the effort because what I see most of the time, blown defensive assignments, dudes be wide the fuck open. They don't guard up 94 feet. Especially when in today's game, the best player on the team is bringing up the ball most of the time. And then... Another problem is bad defensive scheming. But another thing that I'm not seeing is defensive schemes, though. Where are the schemes? Where are the zones? They rarely double team. And you notice that they don't trap in the first three quarters. They only full court trap when they're down like eight, nine points. Because I remember teams, you know, at least when I was growing up, motherfuckers used to run a full court press, full court, half court trap. Or they used to at least trap the corners. They don't even do that no more. They don't want one, three, one, two, three, three, two. They don't run nothing. They don't disguise their defenses. Because usually. If a person got 30 in the first half, they usually double-team the player. The job of a defense, because like I said, it's just bad team defense too. It's not just bad 
and horrid individual defense. It's bad team defense, too. And a lot of these guys, especially these stars, they don't play defense like that. in the comments, you know what I'm saying, to name 15 players that play defense. I was able to name them. They weren't. So a lot of y'all definitely proved my point and proved that I was right. But like I said, there's no execution. There's no, like, you don't double team the player when he's got like 30 before the end of the second quarter. Y'all don't double team that player the rest of the game. And y'all don't do what it takes to take the ball out of that player's hand. Y'all just play one-on-one -on -one and let the motherfuckers hit step-back jump shots over you. Then, of course, this is not just the lack of defensive skill here. It's coaching, too. These coaches don't make the proper adjustments. And see, all I see really out there is people just switching and switching and switching and switching and switching. That's it. Because obviously you know it's going to be a lot of pick and rolls. And then if there's an elite defender guarding them, they would pick and they would roll. But nobody fights through the picks. Either. Because you know what happens? You want you wonder why they don't fight through the picks no more? Because they're going to get called for a fucking foul. That's why the league is so fucking soft. Thanks to album Adam, Adam, Adam Silver, bitch ass, basically. Made the league like that so that teams could score more points. Individual players could score more points. So, that's my thing. It's more than the offensive, uh, skill that's the issue with today's defense because I'm gonna tell you something if you put the 90s and 2000s defenders in this era a lot of your favorite players would get exposed I'm not saying that those guys are gonna shut them down to zero points no I would say that they would have to work to get 25 to 30 points because Back then, the job of those defenders were to hold guys like Kobe, like Shaq, like Tim Duncan, like Dirk Nowitzki, like KG, hold those guys to, un to, to uh, less than 25 points. If you could hold one of those star players to 20 points, you got a good chance of winning the game because the other players wouldn't know what to do because they've never been put in that number one position before. Pause.
I'm saying the uh, defenders of the last generation would just make you work harder to get your 20 to 25 to 30 points. Like, instead of shooting, like, 10 of 20 from the field, you'd shoot, like, 6 of 20 or 6 of 24, right? And most of your buckets would come from the free throw line because, obviously, you're a superstar, so those calls are always going to go your way no matter how bad you're shooting from the field. But you gotta think about it. There is a lot of 70 point performances, you know, from Damian, to Luca, to Donovan, to Joel Embiid. All within a year of each other. Now, yes, you can say it's a dense statement to say that the defensive era is bad because these guys are scoring all these points. But it's definitely a deeper-rooted issue. It comes down to lacking of creativity from the coaches to disguise defenses the lack of switching of defenses. And of course, a lot of these offensive players don't know don't have defensive skills like that. It's a few. But it, it but it's few far in between. Alright, let's move on. I've ranted about this for long enough. Before we get to the main event. Philadelphia 76ers are a real possibility to sign Kyle Lowry if the Charlotte Hornets decide to buy him out. Lowry is not expected to join the Hornets prior to the trade deadline and will likely remain from the franchise. While the future of the respected 18-year veteran gets resolved. So, basically, Kyle Lowry is not reporting to the Charlotte Hornets. I thought he was at least going to play to stay in shape, but he clearly don't want to play for the Hornets. He wants to compete for a championship. He wants championship number two, and I completely understand. But I could definitely see him ending up in Philly because he's from Philly. So that would make all the sense in the world. All right, now we didn't got to the main event. Y'all been patiently waiting just like an AIDS test. What's the result? Not positive. Who's best? Pac, nice and big. Ain't no best. East, west, north, south, floor style, gritty. I'm praise y'all with napalm. All right, let's move on. Let's move on to the main fucking event. We got Megan versus Nikki. Now, Megan and Nikki have been going at it for quite a while. 
And I don't even know where this came from. Because before it seemed like Meg and Nicki was cool. It seemed like Megan was cool with all the female rappers. Up until, of course, the Tory Lane situation. But I don't know. Maybe was it the fact that Nicki was working with? I mean, was it the fact that Megan was working with people that Nicki uh, was enemies with? Who knows? But I'm gonna pull up this article from Business Insider, and we're gonna talk about what led to the feud so I can understand a little bit better as to why it started. But it's been a lot of shit going on with this beef. So, Friday, Megan Thee Stallion dropped her latest single, Hiss. Right? And on the record, it's clear that she's going at Nicki Minaj on here. It's clear. It doesn't take rocket science. I mean, she took shots at damn near everybody on this song. But for the last 24 hours... Nicki Minaj has been on Megan Thee Stallion's ass. You know, in one post, Nicki called her a manipulative liar and claims that Megan has used ghostwriters in her music. And she said every album that she's ever released flopped. But Nicki... That's not true, though. That isn't true. Megan, as far as her musical releases, hasn't flopped. If we talk about albums, because she has two, two gold albums and two platinum albums. Now, if you, if you looked at maybe her last couple of singles... You could say that Cobra didn't do that well. You know, a lot of people were more interested in the uh, actual video than they were in the song. Although the disagreement between Nicki Minaj and Megan Thee Stallion have come to a head on Friday, the drama has begun simmering since last year. Now, the first shot was, of course, Nicki Minaj. I'm not surprised. And Red Ruby the Sleaze, she said, 700 on them horses when we fin fixing to leave. But I don't fuck with horses since Christopher Reeves. But. You 
you know, that was the first jab. But they say that this was, this began in September 2022 when Nikki claimed that Megan suggested that she drank alcohol during her pregnancy. Although Megan, Megan the Stallion denied this claim. So, back to the uh, infamous record, Hiss, right? So, one bar. I mean, I ain't gonna lie. I would put this bar on the same level as your mama's a crackhead and Kim is a known slut. So, what's Haley gonna be when she grows up and acts cannabis? He ain't understanding this because 99% of his fans don't exist. And... One of my personal favorites, you just got bodied by a loving hip-hop bitch. But Megan Thee Stallion on his said, these hoes be mad. Don't be mad at Megan. These hoes mad at Megan's law. I don't know what the problem is, but I guarantee y'all don't want me to start. So if y'all don't know about what Megan's Law is, Megan's Law refers to a U.S. federal law that requires all states to establish sex offender registries and community notification. And Nikki's husband is a registered sex offender after pleading guilty in 1995 to the attempted rape of a 16-year-old girl. And he served four years in prison for this. Nicki Minaj's response was, you know, she previewed a track on her live, like, right after Hiss came out. Like, Nicki, Nicki been up 24 hours. I don't think that woman has been to sleep. And for somebody that's in her mid-40s to not go to sleep, you can tell that Nicki Minaj was pressed. And Megan set a trap that I think that I knew that she was going to fall for. Megan wanted to get a reaction out of her where Nicki Minaj says bad bitch she like six foot I call her big foot the bitch fell off I said get up on your good foot <laughs> and that's just the beginning of it all Megan appeared on the Breakfast Club via satellite. You know, they asked her about the record, and Megan just kept it simple. Whoever feel it, feel it. post. I'm not going to read all of it, but I'm going to read some of it. 
she's um she's just posting her accomplishments like she always does. It's fine and it's it's all fine and dandy to toast to your accomplishments. But but Megan has more has accomplishments as well though. It's not like So let's talk about this shit. If your last 5 to 10 releases flopped, if the internet checks don't clear outside in real life. Well, before you drop Pink Friday, a lot of your uh singles flopped too. Before S- Super Freaky Girl, you dropped like 6 or 7 singles and they didn't perform well. But did Megan bring that up in that song? No. Okay, she said that they losing so much money with her. Ain't generate one penny of a profit yet and claims she went to college but can't read her contract. Another manipulation so she could kick people to the curb after they helped her. That was a shot about the uh, Carl Crawford thing, of course. Did y'all run up her color purple song? No. Huge BMA's performance, big video, flopped. Every album she's released, flopped. Paid media all the time, fraudulent awards, flopped. But, Nick, Nikki, don't you pay the media? See, this is the thing that I can't stand. Like, I don't like when people are hypocrites. Because you do a lot of the same tactics. And as far as I'm concerned, as far as Megan's releases go, Fever's gold, Sugar is gold, Good News is platinum, and uh, what was the name of her last project? Traumazine is also platinum. Now, Megan's last two, three singles, they did flop. But you got to get your facts straight. You can just tell that she wrote all this like and didn't do the full research horrible actor that can't cry on on cue don't try to act bookie it's a chop pathological and manipulative liar using ghost writers and still sucks um i don't know man i don't know if you studied megan the stallion but you could tell the difference when meg writes something and when somebody else wrote it for her that hasn't necessarily been confirmed that she used ghostwriters. I know Partisan Fontaine had hinted to it on his record. Yeah, so Nikki shared a tweet that referenced Megan's late mother and suggested that Megan lied during her April 2022 interview with Gail King about her controversy with Tory Lanez. Post also referenced Megan's ex-boyfriend, Partisan Fontaine, but Nikki didn't stop there. Minaj retreated Fontaine's single, The Person. And then Nikki called her a disgusting serpent in another post. Popbase reported that she went on a radio platform station head last night to attack Megan. You're bringing up 30-year-old T because no man has ever or will ever fucking love you. Damn. And Megan, you know, she's been posting, but she hasn't said anything. This is the thing, Nikki. You started this. You threw the first shot. 
and then be surprised when somebody responds to you and stands up to you. Even though uh, Megan stands up really, really tall. <laughs> but, um... And then also, you not only, you subbed her all throughout Pink Friday 2. You subbed her on that one song when you said, stay in your Tory Lane, bitch, I ain't Iggy. You said that. So don't be surprised when people actually stand up to you. And don't try to play that victim role or do that victim shit either. Now that Megan has responded to you, now you want to clown. Now you got jokes. Now you want to come for niggas' mamas. It's obvious. Megan, uh, Nicki Minaj is hurt. It's clear. These comments definitely set her off because it's one thing to respond on wax. I think that Nicki should have responded on wax and did a diss record. Instead of going to the internet and going on Instagram live for 24 motherfucking hours, you got, I ain't never heard of nobody have a 24 hour response. I never seen no shit like that before. This girl got you pressed. And this is the thing. I think Nikki, I think Nikki and Megan, if we talking about skill level, I think they're on the same skill level as far as you know, rhyming and bars and lyrics and shit like that. This is actually a very good matchup. I think Megan can can win. I think Megan got a shot at winning if it comes down to a rap battle. But Nikki can be vicious though. Nikki's not to be slept on. She is a legend. You gotta give credit to where credit is due. She's the number lady. That's her claim to fame is her sales, her numbers. That's all she really cares about. But I can just tell by Nikki's response though, bro. This affected her. That Megan's Law line. Sometimes you don't even need a sheather. Sometimes if you just you could just get to the point and it could still be considered this is a decent song. This is a pretty good song. It's not necessarily performing well on the charts, but you know it's like ma'am you threw the first shot and you surprised that somebody comes back with a dope disc record you did the same thing with sheather but this is what i this is what i want out of these two get to the recording booth make direct disc records and let's see who comes out on top you know this is a good matchup for nikki I mean, Remy wasn't no matchup. Remy's a battler, a battle rapper. She was going to win that. Easy money. You know, Nikki and Kim, that wasn't really a good matchup, even though Nikki held her own. Black Friday was ridiculous. But now I think that, you know, it's it, this this happens in hip hop. You know, when the game transitions and shit like that, you know? When the game transitions and stuff like that, 
you have to knock off the person that's on top right now. And Megan has had a tumultuous two, three years. You know, she released Traumazine, you know, to hold y'all over until the next release. But this is my thing. Nikki, you're too old to be this childish. You talking about dead mothers. I understand nobody should come for your husband. I get it, Michelle Obama. But there's a way to handle this. And you handle that shit with your pen. Like, I get that you clowning. Like, I love the jokes. Don't get me wrong. It's funny. You know, when you talk about the good foot and, you know, and then you, you're you rapping in a cadence. You lie, you're dead, brother. You're dead, brother. You know, that, the shit's entertaining. It's funny. But fuck all that. Fuck all that. That talking shit. Get in the booth. Drop a diss record. Megan can come with a response and then we can see who won the battle. That's what I want to see. That traditional shit, that straight up one-on-one, up close and personal. And we just gonna we just gonna need Don King to promote to promote the battle. And then we got something here. Alright, y'all. That is my show for today. I appreciate y'all for coming through and listening to it and fucking with it. King Known Uncensored, Nikki vs. Mag, and I'm gone.